Hey, welcome to Buffy Virgin, a spoiler-free Buffy the Vampire Slayer podcast. We're talking a thermodynamic quantity representing the unavailability of a system's thermal energy for conversion into mechanical work, often interpreted as the degree of disorder or randomness in the system, because it's season six, episode 18, Entropy. I'm your host, cartoonist Dennis St. John. (laughs) (laughs) And this is the rest of the crew. Why don't you guys introduce yourself with your favorite law of thermodynamics? I should be the one to beg for forgiveness since I did take physical chemistry in college and that course almost broke my brain. So um, I love that course, but I never felt more stupid in my entire life. And I just thank God every day I'm not a physical chemist. <laughs> Hi, my name's... Name? Oh, and what's your name? Oh, my name's Travis. <laughs> uh, and my name is uh, John and my favorite law of thermodynamics is... The zeroth law, which is that thermal equilibrium is transitive, according to some shit I just Googled. <laughs> Hi, my name is Michael. <laughs> my favorite laws of thermodynamics are the, the ones that compile and look great right on a spreadsheet. I'm talking about the thermostat, uh, which is excellent for adjusting temperatures. I'm the virgin I've only seen up to season six, episode 18 of Entropy, I guess, of Buffy. Yeah. All right. Uh, but before we get into Entropy, let's do reactions to... Oh, uh, season six, the last episode we aired. Episode nine. Episode nine. Thank you. So we got called out this week, and I'm going to quote one reaction from uh, Kapad Nagoy, who says, um, uh, you spent so much time looking for the small details, uh, like what's written in the papers. You can't see that Buffy was wearing a skirt and not tight leather pants. And uh, Andy Gerber and Sister Spike both make uh, similar comments. Um, yeah, so we, we got uh, we get totally it wrong. called out. We got it wrong. I went back and watched the watched the scene in question where we went. We made a huge deal about them banging, both wearing pants and the zipper situation and stuff. And everybody's right; they are where uh, Buffy at least is wearing a long leather skirt. Here's the thing: I <laughs> I watched it on YouTube. I watched the clip on YouTube instead of going back and watching the full episode. And Buffy's stunt double is clearly wearing pants. Oh, interesting. Okay. Maybe that was part of her confusion. But is it I because I I would have to go back and rewatch the scene, which I'm definitely not gonna do. But uh Dennis, did you like is there still a valid complaint to be made about the fact that Spike is still wearing pants? Spike is still wearing pants. Like I mean, is it like does it still seem like it would be difficult? That whole scene is difficult. They fucked down a house. Right. <laughs> uh, I mean, we, I guess if yeah. I mean I think we do get logged down in in the small details, and uh, I mean, you say we, but I think we all know who we're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> you know, to miss the forest for the trees. Um, yeah, you know, whatever. We got called out for it. Uh, fair enough. It's a fair cop. Yeah. <laughs> so Ivana says, "We know that Spike is a modern vampire. He watched TV. Passion. He can use a computer slowly with one finger, but he can. He's a fan of punk, rock, punk music." So he also can watch a movie and can even be a nerd. I don't want to make a spoiler, but cut for potential spoilers. Also, I don't know that Spike is just evil. He never was. Angelus or Darla are simply evil. Drusilla is also crazy, but Spike is clearly a more complicated guy. Also smarter than most of other vampires. Even without the chip, he can work with the Slayer if he has some interest in it. He's a good partner for Drusilla when I don't see Angelus in this. He probably has been left in her, probably, he probably been left her in sickness for his fun or just get bored on it. Spike is a weirdo. Uh, I just finished watching Lucifer, and I think Maze is kind of similar to Spike. She's a soulless thing, but she's never been only evil. She changes because her human friends resonate with her. She also wants a soul, and she doesn't have a chip. She's still a free demon. Because I think this episode, I was like, it's clear he's evil. Um, and I think that always brings out the, the, like, he's not actually evil comments. But, you know, whether he's evil or not, he still wants to murder people. That's my... Right. Um, so both uh, Stephen uh, Tunley and Rich give us uh, Amy quotes that we missed that are pretty good. Um, I think for Stephen, he he brings up the quote. Amy says, uh, "Buffy." I think Buffy asks Amy, "How are you doing?" Or uh, and she's like, "Rat, you?" Or I forget the exact quote, but Amy's like, "Rat, you? What have you been up to?" Or something since high school or something. And then Rich Dingo uh, Action says, uh, "Amy's like, how long was I in the cage?" <laughs> Which is a great quote, meaning that rats proving. Once and for all, finally, conclusively, without a shadow of a doubt, rats have n- no idea how, of time. Just they, they just, they just have no concept of time. 
Can't keep it. Can't track it. Can't write it down. Can't, can't scratch on the little cage for how many days Amy was in there. All right, let's find out what entropy is about. The Summary Poor jilted Anya wanders Sunnydale alone, longing to curse Xander with her vengeance demon powers. We learn, or we're reminded, that BDs can't grant their own wishes, so Anya looks for someone to take the bait. Meanwhile, Xander breaks a lawn gnome and discovers that someone is surveilling Buffy, and it could be Spike. Buffy confronts Spike about his stalking, and he's insulted enough to split a bottle of whiskey with Anya. Willow traces the signal from the camera and discovers that it's the trio that have cameras everywhere, including the magic box, where she sees Spike and Anya having sex. Even though they're broken up and definitely not going to get married, uh, Xander grabs an axe to confront Spike. Xander accuses Spike, how could he get his vamp hands on Anya? Spike jokes, they were good enough for Buffy, which finally reveals Buffy's sexual relationship with Spike. No one makes a wish, at least any that Anya feels like dealing with, and Willow and Tara make up. And now move on to Great Lines. Great Lines. So two great lines in this episode spoke to me. First, Buffy's making crazy breakfast. What kind of syrup do you want, Don? Syrups have kinds? I don't know, that one was delightful. What's weird there is that it seems like if you look at what the shot that like, it's four kinds of maple syrup. It's not like she has like blueberry syrup and like, you know, lingonberry or whatever. She's got like four kinds of maple syrup as far as I can tell. So I don't know. Maybe one of them's like sugar-free. One of them's real maple syrup. One of them's the fake stuff. Well, Clearly you're not a Vermonter because <laughs> we take our syrup There are different types of maple syrup. Okay. For the international audience, there are different types of maple syrup. There is like grade A, I think it's called amber. Then there's B, which is dark or very dark. And my hunch is there's probably a grade C, which is a not necessarily negative. It's not worse, but just different um, translucencies have different imparted different flavor. Here's right. It, here's something interesting because people could see, uh, perceived grade B as lesser quality, even though it's actually higher quality, yeah. it actually got its name changed to grade A amber and grade uh, A still exists. Just, you know, it's a marketing thing, but Vermonters very serious about it. Yeah. If you uh, choose your maple syrup, grade A amber is the best. It's the thick stuff and Vermont maple syrup. You know why it's best? Cause it, Legally has to be the most dense syrup in the mar- on the market. That's why it's more expensive, but yeah. you're getting higher quality. <laughs> okay. And I knew this was going to be a trigger. The, when, you, when, you buy the syrup, <laughs> when you buy the syrup in a glass maple, uh, maple leaf, it even parts even more flavor and more authenticity. <laughs> Great. Well, I'm going to jump from uh, this COVID breakfast trigger to uh, this one with Tara. It's the end of the episode. This one's just phenomenal. Um, and we'll, I'm sure we'll talk about it again. Uh, this is from Tara uh, in Willow's bedroom. There's just so much to work through. Trust is to be built again on both sides. You have to learn if we're even the same people we were, if you can fit in each other's lives. It's a long, important process. And can we just skip it? Can Can you just be kissing me now? That is the best get back together line ever. Yeah. Ever written. Yeah. <laughs> Another sort of uh, emotionally... Uh, difficult moment um but that has a joke in it that like doesn't quite land because it's like in an emotionally difficult moment but it's a great joke where xander's like oh so you had to do it he was just there like mount everest (laughs) i love that joke that having sex with spike is like mount everest is something you have to do because it's there it's great any men have died <laughs> uh, yes. Also, I like think- the litter situation, all the people don't really know what they're doing. You know, uh, there's like bodies strewn. It's they're really quite gross. All the Sherpas guiding people to spike. <laughs> so I actually chose a Xander quote, which makes me, which I haven't done for, forever. He's like, uh, Buffy's yelling at him, or he's, you know, f- you know, freaking out on Buffy's lawn. And he's like, that's not proactive guy. That's sit around and watch your life turn to crap guy. <laughs> which I just right. love is a great thing. Right, because he's going to possibly go after Anya when she shows up for a sec. Yeah, yeah. oh, he's, oh yeah. she's like, oh, d- let her go. And he's like, oh, that's not proactive guy. I just want to dig holes. I just want to dig graves for myself. I chose a back and forth between Spike and Anya. I saved the Scoobies how many times? I can't stand a lot of you. Me either. I hate us. Everyone's so nice. No one says what's on their mind. All right, let's do the kill count. The Kill Count.
So, one lawn, lawn gnome. One redemoning, which could be the death of a human, depending on how you interpret it. And two vampires get dusted. Now let's do weird noticings and trivia. Weird noticings. Uh, so the trio. This episode begins with the trio on ATVs with uh, stakes uh, attached to them, and they are not as badass as they think they are. The episode knows it, but uh, but these two vampires are really scared of them. Like they definitely have these two vampires where they want them. Yeah, I mean they're literally all defeated by a tree branch. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, and here's a little bit of trivia. There are two different movies that star a Buffy cast member. And have a scene of people people being chased on ATVs by monsters. Do you know what those movies are? Scooby-Doo and Pinata Survival Island with Nikki Brendan. That is some trivia. <laughs> <laughs> trivia. Uh, gosh, Spike is still around. Um, I thought that they were broken up. Of course, they're not. This uh, the scene though where Spike is just holding on to a vampire and threatening to drop him in on Buffy, while trying to like connect with Buffy about the relationship they could be having. Whatever, like this is fun. It's cute. This feels like uh, yeah. just it's just an adorable scene. I agree. Spike is so weird in the in the scene. It even weirds out the other vampires. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Willow and Tara are just such charming dorks when they're in each other's presence this felt like this scene in the on the campus felt like such a like light in the darkness of the season of like oh this used to be what this show did (laughs) i was sad to see uh warren and andrew plotting against jonathan i mean i guess it's like this is an inevitable thing because you know the show really favors jonathan you know he's the nerd that's we think is uh redeemable even though he participated in a homicide but um you know warren and andrew are like oh we're gonna probably have to kill Jonathan soon. As soon as he completes this next nerdy thing, like the, just the cruelty that they they're asking of Warren and Andrew, like is, is really intense. Yeah. And yeah. Jonathan gets called both like Padwan and short round. In, like, yeah. Nerdy diminutives. Like how do you diminish somebody and also still be really nerdy? That's nobody I'm wants to be short kid. round. Come on, man. <laughs> if you're going to be that kid, you want to be data. <laughs> well, they didn't even make fun of his like, you know, his Raiders of the Lost Ark kind of disc project that he's working on. They didn't even, like, get into it. You You're digging in the wrong place. Also, that, like, that candle, like, could not project that light. Like, they didn't have, like, a proper a flashlight setup would have been cooler, but it was so frustrating. It's magic, man. <laughs> Padawan would have been a fairly contemporary reference at that time, right? That This is, like, uh, yeah. I think even before Attack of the Clones, right? I did not look at the timeline, but... Yeah. This has got to be 0102, right? So it's maybe 2002. Yeah. I think it's right after the episode one. Yeah. yeah. A lot of this episode is about Anya's vengeance, um, demoning, trying to get people to curse Xander in different ways. But I, I liked um, how learning that she couldn't curse people directly was a really fun. I mean, I, I, not that I think we've explored a little bit about vengeance demons and how the thing works, but we haven't seen a vengeance demon that also wants something to be done on their yeah. behalf directly. And so that the scene with her and Xander where she's trying to get Xander to feel terrible and none of her, none of her curses are working directly. was really fun. It's interesting to find new ways to like make demons kind of diminutive. And like this whole episode of her just kind of exasperated trying to get Xander to be um, tortured in some way, like by using her powers is really fun. I'm sure we'll talk about the more of these scenes, but uh, that initial one was like that setup scene that exp- explained that she basically can't do it directly was really fun. I was like, I, I knew exactly where the episode was headed and it just it made me really happy. <laughs> it's like wild. She was a, a demon for a thousand years. She did not ever learn her own rules. Like, <laughs> but, like I was like, why can't Halfrick do it for her? Exactly. Yeah. Why can't like, she It do seems it really her? obvious. <laughs> yeah. They never say why Halfrick can't do it. I don't know. She's maybe not interested in it. Or why Anya can't just get a, like a random person to do it, but she's like, they, she explains that like having new friends, getting new friends is hard, right? Right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I could, I could accept that like, it, you probably can't get a stranger to be like, I'll pay you $5 to read this piece of paper that says I wish Xander would turn inside out because then it has to, you know, has to be somewhat heartfelt, I think probably. That's like part of the magic, some, right? It has I to tap that, into yeah, real emotion. That I can pain. accept, but it seems like why, it seems really like clear that surely 
Anya could make a wish that Halfrick could then fulfill. Like that seems like the obvious solution, but isn't discussed. You know, yeah, they're not experienced D and D players. They don't know how to like cheat the DM <laughs> system. <Yeah. laughs> Hold well, on, let me out- get out the user, the most recently released user manual for version five of Fire Life, Ven- Vengeance Demon. Well, it turns out there's an easier way to hurt Xander. <laughs> Doesn't involve any magic at all. Oh, maybe um, a magic stick. I heard a story this week that was like, wow, Emma Caulfield was perfectly cast as a vengeance demon who's trying to torment her ex. Um, and I'll try to tell the story without using names because I, I was given permission to, to tell the story, but not to like give names. But a friend of mine, who grew up in like LA dated Emma Caulfield's ex-boyfriend. And then they moved to um, my friend and the ex-boyfriend moved to San Francisco together. And that's when Emma Caulfield started calling and harassing them. She would call and (laughs) be like, um, call the boyfriend and be like, you're wasting your life. Like you're making a terrible decision. And if she called and my friend picked up, Emma Caulfield would like put on a voice and try to pretend to be like an aunt or like somebody else and try to like get past her to get to the ex-boyfriend and just, just to be like, move back to LA. You're like destroying your life in San Francisco. (laughs) So I thought that was wild. Yeah. What a wild pre cell phone crisis. You can't directly reach somebody. So you got to have the house line. (laughs) I, I tried to have them on for this episode, but uh, they declined. Um, so you're saying her vengeance demoning uh, is rightfully comes early. natural. <laughs> it's also super weird to like hang out with a friend and something and be like, oh, you know, this character actor we enjoy. They're like, yeah, they were a bully in my life. They were like <laughs> a dangerous force. <laughs> it affects the way you watch a program, man. Well, uh, Don wants to go patrolling. Um, I only bring this up because of just the absurdity of what Don wants. And you know, she's, she's involved with the Scoobies indirectly. She wants to be more involved. That's all she really wants. You know, there's, I, I like the way this is framed. It's like Buffy spending time with her. Well, she wants to spend time with Buffy doing Buffy things. Yeah. And, you know, for the past many episodes, she couldn't do that because Buffy is really just having sex with Spike uh, I guess, and patrolling, whatever the euphemism of the moment is. But Don just really wants to spend time doing her thing. And I, I think that's that part is interesting. And it, it, this was triggering for me for whatever reason, because I found like that this is such a true younger sibling thing where they want to spend time doing your thing. Like they don't want you to spend time doing their thing or the thing that you imagine should be their thing, right? They want They want to come do your thing with you. And it's like, that's actually... I. Everybody hates that. Nobody wants to bring a younger sibling along. And I guess that exploded like what what's really going on in that relationship with that. And like, I guess I, I've been so caught up in the monster fighting part of it. And obviously it's dangerous, but like, no, it's just about not wanting your sister to do your thing. I just thought it was interesting this episode when Buffy is arguing with Spike at the beginning. She's like, I tried to kill all my friends last week. Do you know how much they hate me? Zero. Or they hate, they hate me none. And, you know, that's obviously a little bit of hyperbole to, like, talk Spike down because Buffy is trying to repair her relationship. It's also funny in that opening scene where they're walking around the mall together or the outside mall. You're like, that's not, a, that's not the normal Sunnydale street. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No espresso pump on that street. <laughs> So I, I love that no one agrees to say, I wish something would happen to Xander. Like literally, you know, Dawn has fallen for an, I wish with like, she's, she can't fall for it again. Like this just happened. And if she did, it'd be absurd. So I like, I love Dawn's just like, uh, uh-uh, uh, no, no, I, I'm sorry. And, but like, also no one is like directly addressing the antagonistic thing that Anya's trying to do. No one's like, <laughs> Hey, um, you're actually, you're trying to torture him through me. They're all just like, oh, it's just, it makes sense. You're going through the breakup. You need a little time. <laughs> like, everyone's just being so nice to Anya, uh, despite what she's just trying to do something horrific to Xander <laughs> and indirectly to them. But then, you know, also, while they're being very friendly with her, it's interesting that nobody really offers her any physical companionship except for Spike. Like, she drops in on Tara and Willow. She drops in on, you know, the entire cast, you know. 
but no one offers her a hug or anything. They're just kind of keep her at an arm's distance, you know? Yeah. yeah. One of the things in this whole watch through that is like standing out to me about Anya's character is that like, there's a degree to which she never quite steps out of that role of being your friend's partner into the role of being, you know, the friend. There's always that like one degree of slight removal. And I think everybody's like, everybody likes Anya. Everybody's like, you know, feels bad for Anya, but everybody's team Xander. Because that's how friendships work, right? There's like a seniority system. <laughs> yeah. And she did not spend her time on this earth making outside friends. Yeah. And is paying for that in this episode. But I agree. No one offers her a hug. That's sad. You got to have, you got to have hugs sometimes in this world. Well, it just shows how clearly they're on Xander's side, right? Like they can't, like this relationship is through entropy is, is going to disappear. Did you use the title there, Mike? Oh yeah. Sorry. <laughs> you know, we always try and say the title on this show and we celebrate it when we do it. I, I love accusing Spike of having a camera on Buffy. That is that is a freaking phenomenal scene. His disgust and confusion, but also like I know what a camera is. Uh, it's just a it's just a great <laughs> confrontation. Like it's clearly not Spike. Spike would just yeah. hang out behind a tree or under a blanket. He would like literally yeah. be in your room hiding in a closet. <laughs> Spike just figured out how to run the extension cord to his blood refrigerator in the crypt like last week. Uh, to be fair, Spike has recorded Buffy with a camera before. In season two, he had a vampire recorder oh, that's true. during the fight. Listen, he's a one-fingered typer. He's not putting a camera in a note. <laughs> yeah, but that was having someone else physically hold the camera. It's totally different than the remote surveillance. Yeah, yeah. that hacking. Uh, like he set up like a system that needs hacking. I but liked, also uh, this. Oh, good. Sorry. I oh, was, I liked that scene where just Willow is like, "It's a complicated system," and click, 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 and you just see this like target. Like, okay. Yeah, I didn't go as far as screenshotting all of them, but like all the screens on Willow's lap because they never close up it. But like all the screens on laptops on, on excuse me on Willow's laptop are uh, amazing. They're uh, some like prime Johnny Mnemonic fake computer hacking nonsense. Is she still using the same laptop that we went uh, we went not so about like a couple yeah, episodes it's a, it's, ago? Yeah, it's the same uh, iBook G4. I iBook believe, G4. iMac G4. Yeah, iBook G4, yeah. I was surprised by the fact that uh, Giles uh, keeps bourbon in the uh, magic box and not scotch. Since when is Giles a bourbon drinker? This is yeah, my it's complaint. like it's Tennessee Williams or something, right? It's uh, Evan Williams. Evan yeah, Williams. Evan, yeah. Tennessee Williams, the playwright, Tennessee does not have a uh, brand <laughs> of, uh, <laughs> of bourbon, but he should. He clearly should. I think uh, I would drink Tennessee Cat on a Hot Tin Roof is not the name of a cocktail. It needs to be. I was just going to say, like, Evan Williams is not even, like, a good brand. Uh, yeah, it's not even good. Yeah, it's right. It's a solidly mid-lower shelf bourbon that... Uh, that apparently, although it could just be, it could be uh, that Anya's lying. It could be her own bottle of bourbon. It could be the bourbon he left behind. You know? Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, a if, gift it, was, if it was a nice single malt scotch, he'd take it with him. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> really, we, he's we, a, we know we know Giles drinks tea. It does. Does dry, Giles drink hard alcohol? I remember one scene he was. Oh, he has a, a bottle lot. of scotch. Oh yeah, the oh, scotch okay. has, has come out multiple times. Okay, so he's more of a scotch, scotch yeah. and tea guy. Okay. <laughs> Uh, so one of the chairs in the living room, in Buffy's living room, is being held together with duct tape, I noticed, which just kind of bothered me because it's like Xander should have repaired that, honestly. Um, also, his apartment's so fancy. It's, um, he has an amazing apartment. Oh, yes. The, the camera in the magic shop is like the most obvious thing I've ever seen in my freaking life. And... For that matter, the gnome is obvious, right? Yeah, the gnome is so obvious. I, when I saw that, when I was watching this again for the first time, I'm like, what's with that fuck, What's with that gnome in the yard? This makes no sense. And then she kicks it, and, or he kicks and it. And the, uh, well, the camera in the magic shop is in the skull. But yeah, but it's huge. And that's the same camera that's been there since the uh, mummy hand incident, right? Isn't that the camera they used to spy on her in the magic Oh, yeah. Hat? So I think that camera is not only is it like really obvious and they put it in the skull's eye because it's a camera. It's like an eye. And they also put the like they also put it in the gnome's eye. So like there's a a very literal mindedness to their camera hiding. And it's been there for, I don't know, months. Yeah. Beginning of the season. Dang. I would like to say that uh, when uh, Spike and Angel uh, eventually. Anya. Anya. 
Sorry, that was a Freudian slip. I just, I'm just, <laughs> You're I'm definitely just, revealing your own I'm expressing shipping. my desires. What can I say? <laughs> um, uh, sorry, when, uh, when, when Spike and Anya eventually go at it, uh, you know, I think we've talked, we've, we've done a lot of Spike character assassination on this podcast and we've been called out what? by, um, by uh, some of the listeners. Um, I think that Spike and Anya is the pairing that we've been waiting for. You know, I really think that they belong together. They're both like they're age appropriate on some level, right? Um, they're both ancient. I think Anya's a good deal more ancient than Spike, but they're both ancient. They both have like a very uh, gray area sort of approach to morality. Um, they're both have like a similar sort of nihilistic uh, philosophy of, of life. Um, and they're both funny and clever and, you know, they're both hot. I think I, I wish them well. I think that they should. Uh, I think that they, that's I think that's the solution. Anya wants to get married. I think she's figured it out. Nice. Yeah, I, I agree. Like the only other time we've really seen them together is in Where the Wild Things Are, that terrible right. season four episode. But like they're a charming part of that, right? Is that yeah. the right episode? Yeah. Because uh, they they drink at the bronze together. Yeah. They have a lot of natural chemistry. Um they're both evil soulless things, according to some. <laughs> I ask a question. Is Anya back to being a vengeance demon? Because she had a time in this episode where she had the vengeance face. Yeah. Seems to be. Seems yeah. to be. She's, she's a vengeance she's, demon. So she's not sure. human anymore. Yeah. That's she interesting was, that that was, was, that was, was vague human, for you. Right, yeah, but there's was, never a moment. Like, there's never a moment where DeHoffrin is like, and the, the I bestow upon you whatever powers like it's not uh, yeah i agree it's it's a little bit ambiguous it sort of seems to have happened off screen so it's crazy in that final s- confrontation scene that uh all three of them have uh had sex with spike that's wild <laughs> when did when did when did when did uh xander <laughs> xander and spike back in season four when they were roommates man yeah wait there was right, like a, that <laughs> What? There's even a little bit of shipping callback this episode. Uh, Spike had a line where he's like, um, that Ponce always had it out for me. Any chance he gets, he sticks it in. Yep. Sorry. Which- uh, Xander slash Spike is definitely a fan pairing. Uh, and uh, yeah, I think the, the fanon is that they, they, they got together when, uh, when, when Spike was living in Xander's basement and trying on his clothes. Yeah. What's his line of like, I'm very biteable. <laughs> But now we learned that that Xander was actually the top, which is really interesting in that relationship. <laughs> well, uh, I started with the you know best lines, great lines here. Tara wins for the best makeup speech of all time. I mean, yeah. she could have had Willow back at any time. Willow was ready to get back, obviously, since she was jilted. But um, Tara decides it's time to get back. And man, what a speech. What an incredible simple straightforward speech and it's it's so wonderful to have that character back gotta say this uh i don't know where my where i was emotionally this episode i think i was reeling from the awkwardness um of anya and spike as a thing but as soon as tara shows up and decides she wants willow back man just huge emotional reaction lots of tears that was great such a great feeling yeah i really feel like like I don't even know what to say about it because it's just like yeah. it's everything I miss from this show, and it's like like to feel good feelings is like rare right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like you know, Taryn's been mostly gone this for large chunks of the season. You know, when they break up, we occasionally see her, but like you don't really get when we do see her, we get like their rough breakup stuff. We don't get, we, it's like, you almost forgot what a good character she is and like what a good pair, what good energy they have when they're together. Yeah. I don't know if I'm curious for you guys having rewatched this, does this have an emotional hit for you? Cause like it was a strong hit for me, but also I think cause of COVID I like, I just let the hit come. I'm like, I'm taking this one and I'm taking the full blast on this. This is great. It felt really good. And I normally I'm not like, can't wait to cry but this one felt so good dude i mean yeah emotions are all over the place right now because so for our listeners because we are on a large like delay like three of us are dealing with like not only the normal covid isolation but also fire like the intense west coast fires are going on right now so like that's an emotional time i watched the 2011 muppets this week and i cried three times during it like 
Like, I think we're just like, there's emotional backlog going on right now. Absolutely. Um, so that's been weird noticing trivia and when we cry. Um, so let's do questions for the group. Questions for the group. So does Spike have a sexy dance? He does. I think he right? does. Yeah. It's implied he that he does. Yeah. And I mean, knowing Spike, I think it's impossible that he doesn't. <laughs> I would say it's probably more of a sexy prance than a dance. <laughs> it could Imagine be like, like, I mean, he's into punk music. It could be a sexy pogo. I yeah. think he has a sexy swagger. Yeah, swagger. Does like, well, we know he has that. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we don't get to see it though, right? Like, I mean, ask for it. No. We don't see a, spe- a sexy dance. Yeah. Missed opportunity. So I kind of have like a Mad Libs concept in my mind here. What's your sexy, eh, under, you know, fill in that you do? Uh, well, it's been so incredibly long for me. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, this is cool. You know, whatever sexy moves I have are so outdated. Like <laughs> you know. He's got the sexy Macarena. Yeah. <laughs> I got, like, you know, I don't know the TikTok dances, but, uh, you know, whatever Gwen Stefani moves. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Shoot, I've taken no time to learn TikTok dances. Yeah. My sexiest move is my sexy podcast that I do. <laughs> is that a separate podcast? Uh, no, that's, that's this one. That would be this one. It's an, oh, entire, no. an entire podcast dedicated to sexy moves. Sexy <laughs> dance moves. That'd be a strange podcast describing the sexy dance move. That would take, that'd be very strange. And then you gyrate and then you sway and then you gyrate, sway, dip, flip, dunk. Oh, and the dunk. And, and then you're there. <laughs> Nothing but net, baby. And with that... Are, are others going to answer this question? There is no question to answer. Okay. So, <laughs> this was brought up, but I thought I'd, I'd phrase it as an actual question. Um, should Don go on patrol? Um, yes. Yeah. No. I agree. I think she yes. should because like, life is already so dangerous in Sunnydale. Mm-hmm. Um, statistically speaking, patrol, like on this show, patrol is no more dangerous than the rest of life. Um, it's technically safer than walking home alone. Yeah, it is. Cause you're patrolling in a group with Buffy, the slayer. Yeah. Uh, and like, it's a good way to learn combat skills, which I think you mm-hmm. need. Um, yeah, I disagree. Just, I, I think the world in which, sorry, go ahead. And Dawn just gets attacked when she's home alone. Yeah. Don's already she's been not safe at home. She's been what, kidnapped. Yeah. Yeah. Don's yeah. already been through so much. She's already been through basically the worst thing that could happen to her. Right. She's been sacrificed. I guess she's been kidnapped twice. Right. At least. At least. Yeah. <clears throat> three. Yeah, that's a I, good can, point. I can count at least three times. Right. She needs to be led into the gang. At least then she could be on a team. I mean, otherwise the stuff that's going to happen with, you know, to her on her own is horrible. And she'll just get into trouble. I mean, they joke that it's like light trouble. It's freaking not, right? <laughs> they joke that she's like, oh, I'm, you know, stealing a toothbrush. Like, no, this girl is like hooking up with vampires uh, in random. I mean, she's the same stuff Buffy would be doing, actually. She needs yeah. to be surrounded with friends. <laughs> she needs to be supervised. <laughs> I think that going on patrol is not the solution to this problem. I agree that she needs to like be brought in to the to the gang right it needs to be let in it needs to be inducted but going on patrol i don't think it's a smart idea for her or for that matter for xander right the fact is that they live in a town full of vampires and that that homes are a magical sheltering space as is daylight right so when it's not daylight go home it's good advice for anybody right under these circumstances and i think that just like from a public health point of view Everybody should be advised to go home when it's not nighttime. You want me to live my life with fear? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I agree, John, except she keeps getting kidnapped by non-vampiric demons. True, but like that, but like it's the sort of thing where it's like probably the dangers you have to worry about aren't the exotic ones is also the like, you know, like the, you know, you're going to have the car accident within a mile of your house kind of a thing where it's like, what's going to really get you is the vampires, like the ordinary... I mean, like, bu- she was almost murdered by Buffy last week. 
Um, yeah, right. But you, but, <laughs> at but home. like you can't, you can't, you can't prepare for those things. What you can prepare for is the is the dangers you know, right? But going out, getting experience is a way to prepare yourself, like by building up your skills. I don't think watching Buffy kick vampires in the face is going to give her any meaningful, useful. You don't think there's going to be any like safe. Like, all right, we'll give you a couple. We'll give you one round with this vampire, but I'm right here, kind of. What I'll say is, if I was Dawn, I'd stay home. I, right, I you live your point. life in fear. She needs training. She needs some kind of like real training. Like this, these threats aren't going away. Yes, home is a safe place. I'm not saying Giles needs to enter the picture here, but whatever, he's gone now. But it'd be great if Buffy could train up Dawn in some way. I think like the fact that Dawn is trying. Buffy's trying to protect Dawn's childhood or protect her as a young person. But like Dawn doesn't even want that. Dawn doesn't want to be a little girl. She wants to, you know, and it's just a, it's, it's frustrating that she's being ignored. Like Buffy's literally not listening to what she's saying she wants. I'll, I'll give you a counterpoint, counter offer, John. How about we have Tara spend the evening with, with Dawn while Buffy's on patrol and Tara, Tara teaches her some defensive magic. Oh, that I love. I'm all for that. That's a, that's a great... That's kind of a compromise. I think it's a good compromise. I'm in for that. Because Tara doesn't get addicted, because it. apparently it's also crack. <laughs> Once you get addicted to magic. Also, apparently Tara is like the most motherly of all the figures. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> On Buffy, so... All yeah. right. So, what's your ideal breakfast? I know I've asked this about four or five seasons ago, but this is obviously a <laughs> breakfast-focused thing so what is your obviously what, i mean your, i think what, was it like three episodes ago we went on a big omelet conversation <laughs> omelet's just one type of breakfast i mean it's, listen, it's just a it's just a type of breakfast. no one item. has to listen to this podcast they can turn us off yeah. at any moment it's our <laughs> fucking show we can do what we, we fucking love talking about breakfast so much on this show yeah well i think we all decided that i'm a we all know that i'm a breakfast for dinner guy like i can have breakfast 24 7 but I, I would say the pancakes were really triggering because pancakes are wonderful. I prefer waffles. You prefer waffles? Is it a texture situation? Waffles are, have, are, are more difficult to make. You have to have a specific waffle maker. Yeah, you do. Yeah, I, yeah, I just like them better. Okay. So yeasted waffles are like my favorite type of waffles. And when I can get that, that's great. That's an overnight waffle Is recipe. like a sourdough waffle? Yeah, where you let the... Let the yeast rise a little, like let the kind of the mix rise a little bit. So you get this kind of like kind of sour, wonderful yeasty taste to your mm. waffles. So good. That sounds good. But I'm, I visited breakfast heaven a few weeks ago and it was uh, it was rancheros with like a oh, garlic, uh, they, garlic, I'm black. Sorry, are, there, are there a few brunch places in Portland? Do they do that there? <laughs> no, my wife made it for me. It was amazing. Uh, <laughs> as a gar- Breakfast Heaven is uh, a garlic black bean salsa with a uh, crunchy. Oh, I'm sorry. That's not the name of a restaurant. That's literally having breakfast with your wife. That's really sweet. Yeah, well, it's awesome. But we're trying to make it based on uh, a recipe from a Mexican restaurant in Athens, Ohio. And mm, so good. Yeah, I like huevos, rancheros. Um Corned beef hash, I also really like for breakfast. Corned beef hash and like a poached egg. Oh, yeah. My, my practical daily breakfast, my daily driver breakfast when I don't have time to like, you know, make something proper is currently uh, um, cottage cheese and grape nuts, which is awesome. It's like a ton of protein and like a ton of carbs like really quickly into your face and it tastes good. And then you can like go on about your day. Do you put the grape nuts on the cottage cheese or do you eat them separately? No, no, yeah, you mix them together. You mix them together, so you don't use any milk with the grape nuts, just the no. cottage cheese. No, no, milk is milk is sort of like cottage cheese, but without the chunks. Yeah. Who wants that? Milk is like the cottage cheese virgin, right? It hasn't yeah, yet exactly. become cottage cheese. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Trev, did you answer your own ideal breakfast question? No, I didn't. I started to feel some heat after asking this question, and, and now I just kind of want to. I just kind of want. No, I want to know. I want to know. I just want to for this. my friends. That's part of why I'm on a podcast. Uh. All podcasts become food podcasts. It's inevitable. It's just <laughs> the direction of podcasts. Pretend that you're a character from Buffy. What's your favorite breakfast? 
Well, I mean, when, when you go out, when you go out to eat, it's different than eating at home, of course. So when I, if I were yeah. to go out to eat, then I would, I would love like the, what we'd call, uh, I'm not sure what you, what you would call it, but it would be eggs. It would be meat, eggs, meat, uh, and then a bread item and then some, maybe some fresh fruit. Uh, if I was at a fancy hotel, you know, then I, this is what I would get. And then some coffee with that fr- fresh fruit, um, uh, with or without yogurt depends on how, what I wanted to do for the day or just depends on, on, on what the quality of spread was there. But, um, at home, you know, I mean, you know, omelets obviously are just very easy. And, um, uh, but if you want to put more effort into breakfast at home, it's pancakes for me. So I don't have a waffle maker, but I do make pancakes. Uh, so that, that's, that's for me. I don't usually have juice in the house, so there's no juice at home. It would just be pancakes and coffee. And I usually don't have meat, breakfast meats. So they're not, it's not really a home item for me. Yeah. Yeah. No, my home breakfast is not any of what I mentioned. It's like either a single egg or like, I do a lot of like breakfast shakes that are just like a little bit of fruit, some yogurt, and like maybe a little bit of greens in there. Um, like coconut milk or something. Are we good with this? Let's go on to themes and deep stuff. Deep stuff. Okay, so uh, I just wanted to point out, like, we've, uh, in addition to being uh, character assassins for Spike, we're also character assassins for Xander, especially in the early seasons, right? Xander is... uh, I think, and I think it's it's a case of like Xander representing something I think we see in ourselves that we don't like, right? Like Xander's representation of a certain kind of toxic masculinity that maybe we were practicing when we were Xander's age, and to some extent. And uh, but this this episode is a new low for Xander. I just want to say that like Xander is whatever Xander did in the past, as far as like hitting on his friends, being a general creep, saying things we wish he wouldn't say. I think all of that pales in comparison to like. Uh, being really crappy to your significant other, trying to apologize, but then all of that goes out the window when you see her sleeping with somebody else and then all of a sudden you want to do violence. Like, I feel like that's a new low for Xander. Xander is officially downgraded even further. Dang. Yeah. F minus. You know, I think it's one thing to feel those feelings. Like, right. Like, I think that's very human and, like, natural. And I've definitely felt that feeling when my ex hooks up with somebody else. I, like, get mad. Even though I have no, like, literally no right to, those feelings exist. It's an entirely other thing to act on it with an axe. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Also, to, like, at the end, he stands in judgment over Anya. Exactly. And I think that's almost the worst part, right? Because, like, Spike is horrible and fine. You know, like, there's an argument for killing Spike at all times. But yeah, right. this thing he's at least taking about. a swing with, at him with an axe because, like, that is a fantasy show. You can do that. That's fine. Yeah, but, exactly. But the thing he says about like you're disgusting because you had sex with that person, like that's really awful. First of all, hypocritical because you've banged him. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, that's why that's why it burns so hard, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. No, the thing is, like, he's the guy who did the breaking up. He ruined yeah. the wedding. He ruined the the potential marriage and stuff. And then he. Then he stands judgment over her for trying to cope with this thing. Right. Um, yeah. Not I feel cool. it, man. I feel it. I mean, on the flip side, he, he certainly can feel a right not to be attracted to her if she has sex with Spike. I mean, that's nothing like illegal. Like people do things that are unattractive. In theory, he should be quite unattractive to her. Like she should not, have, she should not wish to have anything to do with him after he ruined the wedding. Like right. he should be completely unattracted to her. That's her choice. If she was still attracted to him, like that was a decision he made. There's, yeah. I mean, I obviously, my problem is not that he's not attracted to her. I'm not, I'm not sad that he doesn't want to get back to get back together with her. I'm sad that he felt the need to express that to her face then and there. Right. Like, like that's yeah. sad. And that's but she did okay. say she wished he'd like had his intestines like, destroyed and, yeah and that's yeah. fair and i think it's been <laughs> so he said out. that's she said that to him and he's like yeah yeah, yeah take it take it take it, it and it then he says one out, thing yeah eh, i don't know we have been uh, uh a little bit softer on anya as an evil person than we have on the oh, male yeah, she's, she's, right. she's, she's like, trying to get someone to curse him yeah. i think yeah. uh mike i feel like you wanted to say something oh i mean we're soft on anya because she's ineffective at you know at pulling off that stuff 
they, she succeeds in what she wants and what she needs and what Spike needs, which is to blow up their relationship, right? They both need right. to move on. And like, right. they kind of like, it's like mutually assured destruction of both of their problem relationships because once they do this, they can't go back. Presumably, I'm saying, I don't know if the show is going to continue to indulge in Spike Buffy and Anya Xander stuff after this. I'm guessing they won't. But at the same time, it's like, let's just explode this thing together. Yeah. But yeah, I agree. Like, Xander bringing an axe, like, let's end this. Like, there's a bit of posturing, macho posturing. And also, I mean, what's great is the show gets to, I guess, like, judge Buffy too pretty harshly, you know? But also, like, Buffy's kept it a secret. And I'm just so thankful it's all on surveillance cameras. So it's just like, this happened. This actually happened. It's not going to be speculated about for years <laughs> or whatever months. Yeah, and think- I'm, I'm just surprised that Spike has never slept with uh, Faith. <laughs> they haven't they haven't met yet uh other than in buffy's yeah. body it's right yeah i just that blows my mind it's almost like the two of them existing on the show at the same time is like too redundant. powerful yeah, yeah yeah it's redundant like, um, it does feel like a new it does feel like a super new low for xander john thanks for thanks for bringing that up like i i, I guess i wasn't even thinking about xander's problems <laughs> since right. he started this destruction of his own relationship and then wants it back like come on dude grow up yeah and then gets to judge her like i don't think he's successful in judging her i mean i don't well yeah. that is a that is an ugly breakup the breakup that keeps happening that like you keep feeling betrayed by like after you did the breaking up like i mean essentially what the big deal is is um i mean xander was basically a poor communicator Right, because he's like 21 or 22 years old. These characters are in their 40s. Come on. (laughs) (laughs) And so he's he's a poor communicator who like just couldn't tell her I didn't. I'm who has who had a terrible vision at their wedding, and it was just a poor communicator. And they oh yeah, I mean, right. I mean, the real problem is don't try to get married when you're like 19 years old or whatever they are. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But that's like definitely it's very painful. But you know. I guess having sex with like another person is also like communication. So I guess Anya might be a poor communicator, but she's like, uh, you know, she's supposed to be a very straightforward person. Like her communication is supposed to be very straightforward. So, I mean, I, I don't think she's a bad communicator. So it's just an interesting, um, yeah. I mean, I think her character. Yeah. Yeah. I think to, to speak to your point, like in their relationship, she was always honest and he was always dishonest. So she didn't see it, see the breakup coming because she was like, never like she always expressed any doubts she had. Right. So she just didn't see what Xander was, was dealing with privately coming. Right. And that's like the problem of like, you can be a good communicator, but communication is like a two way street to use a cliche. Right. Like you can't just be the one good communicator and have everything like come out. Right. Oh, I'm just saying if she had sex with Spike, it's not because she can't communicate things. It's that's what she wanted. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Right. Which is a huge emphasis in their like kind of why they hook up. Right. Because they're both straightforward. No yeah. bullshit people. I, I have no problem with Anya hooking up with Spike. They make a great couple. They make a way better couple than she and Xander. I mean, I, if I, I think that was the right move for Anya, to be honest. But my hunch is that Spike just isn't really the guy that she really... I mean, Spike just seems really obsessed with Buffy. I mean, like to a next level obsession. So I just, I just don't think that that relationship would work. And then, like a in like a a world without Buffy, I think there were. I think the the Spike and Anya relationship definitely could work, and it would be a much better relationship than her and Xander. But yeah, I need to have a little Buffy locket or something you'd look at all the time. I mean. Yeah. Even even if Buffy was gone, you, she's, he's still got a thing for her. Spike needs to wish that he could never that he wish. Spike needs to wish that he could forget about Buffy. Oh my God! Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. If you look at it, that like Spike has had at least two other relationships destroyed by his obsession with Buffy. Oh yeah, right. Or pitted his relationships against each other to try and get Buffy back. I mean, he's just what a mess. This guy, this well, kid. I, we have to live in his. <laughs> constant obsession for this show right just live in this obsession with buffy Ugh. let's emotionally move on and move on to a different subject uh we'll do recommendations recommendations 
So I was picking recommendations this week where either like the breakup like causes destruction or like the ex turns into a monster or something. So I'm going to start with Possession, which uh, three of us watched just like a couple weeks ago um, for our own enjoyment. Uh, really an excellent movie. We had a lot of strong different reactions from the group when we watched it. Um, uh, so imagine like in like um, Berlin, it's still the Cold War. So like the city's split in two you're you come back you're you're some sort of spy you come back and your wife has broken up with you and you are both just the most insane intense people in the universe and you have fights in restaurants where you don't acknowledge that you're even talking to each other (laughs) and also there's a demon involved or something there's some fucking crazy shit involved anyway this is a good movie travis thought it was a comedy uh it freaked yoder out um Mike, what was your feelings that possession? Oh, I mean, it's just this phenomenal like divorce movie. Like it really has all the feelings of divorce, both being like as someone who's just been a bystander to divorce when my parents divorced, like this just felt like all these emotions that you never see come to the surface. Just you're living in those emotions throughout the entire film. And it just felt very, uh, it just felt really good to see those feelings played out the way people just hate slash are obsessed can't leave each other alone after a divorce especially with a kid i mean just uh, it's such a mess heather's also a good breakup movie like what if your ex also wants to blow up the school um and that's a fun movie that we i've probably recommended before but buffy fans would enjoy it also weird like you couldn't do that movie now you know you couldn't have like school suicides and blowing up the school as a comedy um So burying the ex and my boyfriend's back are both like your ex comes back as a zombie to different degrees. Who, who just recently watched my boyfriend's back? Was it one of you guys? I tried to get people to watch it, but uh, it was a fail uh, because of Plex complexities. Somebody said they couldn't get licensing. I mean, somebody was talking about it because they couldn't get licensing for that song. Yeah. So that must've been Yoder just watched it. And yeah, the whole movie apparently doesn't have the song My Boyfriend's Back in it, which is crazy. Huh. <laughs> um, also, the movie uh, War of the Roses. Uh, I feel like that movie played a lot in uh, on cable when we were a kid, but that's like um, a breakup going like crazy wrong uh, with Michael Douglas and Kathleen Turner. Um, all right, so those are the wrecks of like the, you know, your ex is a demon style style rex uh so let's go on to uh does anyone have a where do we go from here for this week where do we go from here what if we did a podcast and this is going to sound insane because i know that the thing is that uh with um you know modern uh sort of podcasts and but definitely on youtube the key to success is quantity not quality right you want you want to be posting ideally like i was just looking at one of those guys who's got a um he's got one of those reaction channels he just like his whole thing is he like watches some piece of media and then reacts to it in real time he said his goal is to post five videos a day which like is insane but you know it's working for him he's got you know he's got a lot of views so i was thinking like why don't we do a daily breakfast podcast Whatever you're eating for breakfast, <laughs> we're just gonna we'll just we'll just podcast our breakfasts. It'll be weird because you know we're on different time zones, so it might be a twice daily podcast. Um, just uh, what am I eating for breakfast? And it could be the same thing every day for weeks upon end. Dude, are we gonna call ourselves the be- the Breakfast Club or the yeah, Breakfast it, Club? Why cast? not? Yeah, yeah. Obviously, breakfast That's my is pitch. like a big uh, topic for us. So. <laughs> Maybe because we do this podcast in the morning. Um. I mean, if you got to make content, there's the perfect, it's on your plate already, you know? Uh, it's on the plate. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's go on to predictions. Virgin Predictions. Okay, predictions. Uh, Michael, let's take a look at your uh, scores at the moment. Currently, you're at a 64.47% overall and a 71.43%. Uh, 
uh, still stuck as your second best season overall, right? 71.43% uh, for season six. Uh, so let's take a look, see if we can uh, improve or disimprove those scores. Okay. Back to season four, episode three, Michael predicted that Xander and Anya will have a horrible breakup that will have horrible consequences beyond the two of them. So I think, uh, you know, the, the thought here is that like by having sex with Spike, uh, this is going to out Buffy as uh, having, have having, has, having had sex with Spike as well. Is that a horrible consequence? Do you guys well, think? Well, I mean, also Anya is now a vengeance demon. And oh, sure, fair we enough. Yeah, have not seen her curse other people, but presumably right. that's her job now. And that there's another demon out in this world because of this breakup, right? A human is no more. A yeah, demon is that seems pretty human. horrible to me. Yeah, yeah, I'm willing to buy that. I think we confirmed that one. Any uh, any other thoughts on that? That's a confirm, baby. Wow. Okay. Awesome. This is episode 18, correct? Yeah. Cool. All righty. Okie dokie. I expected That's worse consequences. This is great. One confirmed. Okay. Uh, season five, episode 10. Michael predicts Anya will wear a leather jacket. When Mike predicted this, I thought of this episode because I was like, surely she <laughs> probably wears Spike's leather jacket. And I watched this episode looking for that, and she doesn't. So I just feel like this was the episode that if it was going to happen, um, not that we need, we still right. have to wait, but yeah, we have to wait until the end. <laughs> yeah. She I just really thought, jacket. I really thought this was, it's the insane that with all the leather jackets flying around the Buffy verse, that one hasn't managed to collide with Anya yet. <laughs> um, we're going to leave that one open. Okay. Uh, season five, episode 18, Michael predicts that Buffy will get a pass from her friends to do something messed up because of her mom passing. So no one explicitly forgives Buffy for sleeping with Spike once they find out, but it's really just Xander who's found out, right? But they've all just forgiven Buffy for trying to murder them all. Oh, true. <laughs> That's true. Do you think that, uh, that Joyce's passing is playing into their I think they're forgiving there? partially because she's been dead. I just think yeah. like, like now is the time to either confirm it or deny it because like the mom thing, yeah. you know. Yeah, it's not explicit. But I think it's definitely but part she of got everybody's a pass. mental calculus. She definitely yeah, got a pass. Agree. I, I'm willing to confirm this one just because how could they not be thinking about that? Right. Uh, it seems like, I mean, normally we want something that's kind of like overt in the episode to confirm or deny a prediction. But I think in this case, it's, it's pretty clear. Okay. Okay. So we'll go ahead and confirm that one. Oops. Insane. <laughs> how do you feel about it, Mike? No, good. I mean, I like I like you guys bringing up all these important points and them getting verified as being accurate predictions. Yep. It's great. Okay. Uh, season six, episode 13. This is pretty recently. Uh, Buffy is going to tell the Scooby gang that she and Spike were having sex. And I think at this point, uh, the you know, Spike out outed her for her. And uh, so Buffy is not able to do that. So yeah, the cat's out of the bag. Buffy did not get the opportunity to come clean on her own. Um, well, she did to Don. No, Don figured it out because Don, unlike Willow and uh, Xander, actually has emotional intelligence. But she still told Don. Did she tell Don, or did yeah? I feel like whatever. Don Don knew, and then Buffy can move on. Let's just yeah. move on. Okay. All right. Okay, that one's denied. Uh, season six, episode 16, Anya resumes her vengeance demoning in season six. So she hasn't done any Anya's, uh, Anya hasn't done any vengeance demon-ing as a verb, but she is a vengeance demon noun. What do you guys <laughs> think? Uh, should we confirm this? Is, is being, a, is having the face doing some vengeance demoning enough? Yeah. And I think she's actively doing her job she's trying to right. get people to make their wishes okay. that's part of the being a yeah. demon, right okay fair enough we'll confirm that one I'll, I'll buy that okay a similar question though anya and halfrick team up in season six have they like they're friends and halfrick's offering counsel but she's clearly stepping back from taking any active role in uh helping her out so what do you guys think are they teaming up I'll leave this one to Travis. I just thought it was worth know. bringing up. Yeah, it is worth um, bringing up. I think we leave this one open. 
okay. for the time being. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Mike seems shocked by this. I am. I mean, what you think that, that that's a team up? I mean, it, I guess you know you could you by your statement of she's giving counsel. Like, right? Is that not teaming up? Guiding yeah. through her job. I when I'm telling her, if to I'm let's training somebody, am I not part of a team? No. I mean, teaming okay. up is it's vague. It's a vague concept. I mean, you know, like you picture the Avengers assembling and then being given a mission that they need to complete. And they're like, that's a team up, right? And you'd, you'd right. probably say like, well, I mean, it's all of them in the same place doing the same thing, but is it? <laughs> right. is, is Nick Fury a member of the Avengers because he gives them assignments? Or I mean, I is think them- Xavier teaming up with the X-Men if he doesn't go out on, on missions? Okay, these, these analogies are persuading me. I, all right, fine. We'll confirm this one. It's a team up because meeting in a coffee shop and talking it over is a team up. Okay, all right. Season you, six, sorry, you just, you just uh, confirmed the oh, wrong one. Oh, I confirmed one. the wrong one. Sorry, thank you. Good call. Oops, wrong one again. Okay, this one. Okay, all right. Okay. Season six, episode 17. Jonathan will be the first member of the trio to confess their crimes. We still don't know because uh, I, I think we can infer that this means confess to someone other than the trio talking among themselves. That's not really confession. Yeah. I just, um, um, but both Andrew and Warren are convinced that Mike's uh, prediction will come true. Yep. He's going to tell it open for now, but he does seem to be, uh, that's, that's what the other two are predicting. We'll see. Okay. Season six, episode 17, the magic shop reopens this season. Seems to be open for business. Spike can just walk in and say, I need something. He seems to be coming in as a customer. So I'm going to go ahead and confirm that one. What does Spike even want, right? What do you want? <laughs> he wants an emotional numbing spell. He wants, uh, I get that. That works. That makes sense. Okay. Season six, episode 17. And this one is a super prediction. Anya returns in the next episode. And so she has, she does not disappear. She's back. Okay. Confirmed. That is uh, a super conf- confirmation. And one, two, three, four, five other confirmations and one denial. So Jesus Christ. Wow. Let's see how we're doing here. Thus, overall accuracy rises to a 65.07. And your accuracy for this season rises to a 72.73. Well, great. I have new predictions. This is all great news. What an exciting episode this has been. Uh, prediction one, Spike and Anya won't have sex again. I'll, you know what? Let, let me help this out by saying in season six. Let's just get, <laughs> let's make this uh, season six. Uh, Buffy and Xander won't have sex again. Buffy and Xander, excuse me. Buffy and Spike won't have sex again <laughs> in season six. <clears throat> what about Xander and Spike? Yeah, that- when will Xander and Spike have sex again? Oh man, only in my dreams. I mean, they'll definitely like reference it. They love poking at us in that way. Um, Willow and Tara's relationship will make me cry in a future episode. Um, that I'll let you guys know if I cried. This uh, removes you guys from the situation to determine whether or not it comes true, which is what I should have been doing the whole time. <laughs> uh, Buffy will be the subject of a surveillance camera again. I, I feel like this is just an inevitability, even though it just happened. Um, and then Super, Don will get invited to patrol with Buffy. Now, we'll get invited. Now, that for many of you guys will be like a formal invitation. Like, oh, where's my, oh, here's my invite. I guess I'm going to go patrolling with you guys. Um, Don will get <laughs> casually invited. <laughs> I did not see an RSVP option. Uh, no, uh, no formal invitation. Oh, no, 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 no. Fucking don't do that. Don will get casually invited to patrol with Buffy. Hey, we're going out patrolling. Come on, Don. No, no, get rid of the with Buffy because that adds another variable to patrol, right? Patrol is a concept. Don will get casually invited to patrol. Thank you, Travis, for confirming this as a super. Uh, Appreciate it. Maybe they'll come true. Maybe they won't. You'll have to continue to watch both Buffy and our listeners will have to listen to how we judge these when they come (laughs) up in future episodes of Buffy Virgin. Uh... All right. Uh, I've been your host, Dennis St. John. Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Dennis Comics, D-E-N-I-S-C-O-M-I-X. Uh, it's also my dot com. 
uh, where you can find uh, my comics, my mini comics, my illustrations, all that stuff. Um, thank you one and all for listening and talking to us at Buffy Virgin. Don't forget to rate us, and uh, we hope you're subscribing. You can watch us on YouTube. Our Twitter is at Buffy Virgin Pod, and our Instagram is Buffy Virgin. You can also check us out at BuffyVirgin.com. Reach out. We love to hear from you. We'll see you in hell. <laughs>